0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the personal stylist podcast. My name is Sydney and I am your host. This is a really fun episode this week because I have another case study with a personal stylist. Um, She's actually a style coach who has been through the Accelerator course and is a society member. So if you are just tuning in, I'm going to ask that you go back a couple of episodes and start listening. I think it's episode maybe 55 or 54, because over this seven-week time period, we are talking about what it takes to be a personal stylist and entrepreneur. So far, we have talked about the three things that it will take for you to actually be a personal stylist and entrepreneur. And that includes attitude, time, and perseverance. We had a case study with Victoria who shares how she sold her signature service for $1,600 while styling as a side hustle and working a full-time nine-to-five job. And last week I shared five ways you may be playing small in your business and not even know it. So go catch up on those if you haven't listened yet, and then come on back so you can hear from Amanda. There are some amazing mic drops in this episode. So we, um, I have pre-recorded this conversation with myself and Amanda. She is Amanda Hansen of Simply Stylish, and she has been a member of my programs for about three years now. I love her journey into styling as a second career. I know there's so many stylists out here who are listening who are in their 40s, which is in the age that Amanda is, and completely switched her careers and jumped full-time into styling. She went all in on it. And so In this episode, we talk about how your business may not go like you thought it will go, what made Amanda try a la carte services, and then committed to a signature service. How to tell if what you're charging is still not enough. You are going to want to listen to that one because it is a foolproof method. And then why a no to your service means nothing. One of my favorite quotes from her comes near the end of our conversation where she says, quote, being an entrepreneur, either full-time or part-time is like personal development on speed. I've not been able to get that quote out of my mind. And if you have been listening for a while, you know how much I emphasize mindset, like a very deep level of mindset and how important that is to your entrepreneur journey. And I loved that she just confirmed that, right? We already know this, but hearing her say it is like, yeah, like being an entrepreneur is awesome. It's fun. It's rewarding. And it's also no joke. So she also goes on to say, she says, you have to quote, listen to your head. No, don't listen to your head. (laughs) Listen to your heart. Listen to your gut because your brain is going to try to convince you to play small in order to keep you safe which is exactly what we talked about in last week's podcast episode. So the like kismet and the synchronicity of these episodes and how they are just coming together is really, really fun. She also wraps up this conversation by sharing her three tips for stylists. Um, So you're gonna have to just kind of tune in and listen to this conversation to find out what they are. Last thing before I wrap this up with these uh, conversations, there's not an outro. Um, If you need any links for anything, you can hit the show notes, the link in my Instagram bio. Um, If you are a personal stylist, my free five-day challenge is coming up on April 12th. So if you are struggling to stand out as a stylist and book clients, you might want to come into this challenge. We're going to be talking about secrets of successful stylists, Um, and I'm going to be sharing five secrets. Uh, which will be a really fun, free five-day challenge. So you can get registered. There's the link in my bios somewhere. So without further ado, I'm going to turn this over to Amanda and my conversation. So enjoy. Enjoy. All right, we are live and recording. I am here with Amanda, who is an awesome, awesome stylist and friend who is out of Canada and she, we are going to talk today about her journey as a personal stylist, her service offerings and a lot of her kind of mindset as she's gone through the journey of creating things for people, putting it out there, figuring out what to price it and um a lot of really awesome, good stuff. So Amanda, if you would just kind of say who you are, where you live, and then maybe how old you are, if you would like to share that as well. (laughs) I saw that
1: that was one of the questions. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I have no problem sharing how old I am. Um, So my name is Amanda Hansen and I'm a style coach. I actually like used to call myself a personal stylist. I've now embrace the style coach. And I can go into that if it makes sense about why I made that decision at a later time, if, if you care or your listeners care. Um, and I live in East coast, Canada, so new Brunswick, a very small province in, in my country. And I've been, oh yeah, I'm 41. (laughs) I have two kids. I have a 20 year old and a nine year old. And I've been styling, I started my business, which I dove in like full-time um, back in the late 2017. So like yeah.
0: just about three years-ish
1: then. Yeah. So yeah. I think like, I'll, I'm like going into like my fourth year. Yeah. 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 Cause it's 2021. Right. And it, well, yeah, like it would be like technically four years, like in November of this year. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, I dove in full-time. Time. And what were you doing
0: before then? Because I mean, that means you started this when you were in your late 30s.
1: Yeah. So at the time, I had left my career a few years prior because um, I got burnt out. So at the time, I was a clinical supervisor for preschoolers with autism. And I spent like a decade gathering <laughs> education and certificates. And I mean, I did this for many, many years. And I loved it. And it was so rewarding. But I got burnt out. Mm. And I decided at that time, my husband owns his own business. So I was like, you know what? I need a break. Like I need a breather and I need something where I'm not responsible for somebody else just for a little bit. And my daughter was really young at the time. And so I decided to work for him part-time just doing like admin and HR stuff. And it was because I saw him graduate from some entrepreneur program. And I, it was the first time I had a thought, like, I think I want to do something for myself. -hmm. And I didn't know what. So, my first step was to leave my career. And literally, that day he graduated, we were driving home. And I was like, I've made this decision. What do you think? And I'm like, I think I can help you. And he's like, I want the help. And so, I did that for maybe two years. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that it was great. It served his purpose, but it didn't like fill my soul. I need to help and I need to teach and I need to have impact. And I'm an extrovert. And it wasn't filling my cup. And so, I basically told him, like, I'm done. <laughs> and I spent almost a year, like I was still working for him part-time, but I, spelt, I spent a year just like engaging in things I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. And often it was like, I'm super passionate about this and I'm doing it. Hey, who wants to learn how to do it? And I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> so <laughs> at first I thought I was going to go into uh, interior decorating okay. I'm starting to research that. And then I, a stranger needed help in her wardrobe. And I just went, oh, I've always like, was known as like a stylish person. I've always loved style and clothes. My mom used to make my clothes when I was younger, I would pick out the pattern and the, the fabric. And so I was just like, oh, I'll help you. And I spent three hours in a stranger's closet. And she at the, you know, I kind of basically developed my very first service without being intentional about it. Yeah. And at the end of it, she was just like, I get so much value from this. You should do this for a living. So I said, okay. (laughs) And that kind of just set me on my path. Okay, that's awesome. And so you just
0: dove then like right in, you're like, all right, this is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, I said yes to the universe and then the universe start providing all these doors for me to walk into. And so first was learning, well, what's a business? Like how, do you start yeah. like, how do you create a business plan? How do you like, what's your value proposition? How are you going to scale it? How are you going to make money? And I, I was in a business program that helped me, you know, develop and ask all the right questions before I dived in. And how I intend, how I originally thought it was going to go isn't how it ended up, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I found a styling course because I was like, I, I know what I'm talking about, but I didn't have the words to teach it. Mm-hmm. Right? The like I can know and I have the eye for it, but you still need to be able to explain why this is working or why it's not working, so that your client can be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like I can't just say, oh, it works, because I say <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. They need to understand. They <laughs> need to understand. <laughs> so I did take a styling course, and it, it was okay. Like. Just a small plug to, to Sydney. I wish I knew about you then, because I know I would have enjoyed your styling course, your personal styling course. Course is so much better than, than the one I took, but anyway.
0: thank you. Um,
1: <laughs> well, so let's talk a little bit, one of the things I love kind of talking to stylists
0: about and like helping them work through when they need it is the services and what they offer. And you know, I'm very big on signature services mm-hmm. um, for good reasons, but let's kind of talk to you like what did you have when you first started? And then how did that like shift and why did it shift?
1: So at first I didn't know what a signature service was. I actually didn't know until you introduced the concept to me. And often when, you know, something's new and it's a little bit scary, you know, I had a little bit of resistance at first, but what I did at the beginning and also like, I'm a trial and error person. Like totally. I just, yes. I just needed, I needed to try it for my way for a certain amount of time. And I don't regret doing it because it, it did teach me. And eventually it was like, this just doesn't make sense. Like Sydney knows what she's talking about. You so, try like all, of, basically like all the cart services. And also well, like- it was like, I had, you know, I, I can go into your wardrobe and I can help you audit it, mm-hmm. you know, and there was some teaching along with that. Or if you need help shopping, I'll go shopping with you. Or if you just need help with creating outfits, I'll help you with that. And it was kind of like, I let them decide
0: mm-hmm. what they
1: needed. And then I let them walk in at certain stages where we hadn't have done the prep work or the, you know, the prerequisites, which like, I know better because in my previous career, that was how I taught my clients. Like I had to assess them. I had right. to find out where their basics were. We had to build on their basics first, right? Like not basics in their wardrobe, but like basic yes. knowledge yeah. and skills. Yeah. And, and so it quickly came, it, I quickly realized after like, I've taken a few clients just shopping without doing the pre-work that I'm like, I didn't do these women enough service. Like they got value and they got benefit. They found benefit from it, but I don't think it was going to be anything that was going to help them long-term. So that was when I quickly realized, okay, I need like a signature service where I put them through my whole process from beginning to end from like, let's get your wardrobe plan. Let's get your wardrobe prepped and primed and ready. Identify what your gaps are, go shopping, get those pieces and then create your outfits. And so that became, that has become my signature service. I still do offer my, I do offer one alternative to that. Mm -hmm where it's, um, we, we do, uh, I call it my closet clarity and wardrobe plan where I, I teach them all the education, help prep their wardrobe. I give them their plan on their shopping list and then they go off and do the rest on their own. And then if they go off and struggle, then they can come back and they can upgrade if they want. Okay, but yeah. I find like this too, I like having these two offers. Mm-hmm. Like it feels aligned for me. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: I love what you said that too, about having to kind of like, Do it yourself and see. Like, it's like that fact of like, you do sometimes just have to prove it to yourself, like what's going to work and what's not working. And I love the kind of second offer you have. It's something I've been seeing is like the starter service Mm -hmm. in a way, which I love when it can complement a signature service, not cannibalize it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I think is really hard for, especially newer stylists, or if you're like maybe stuck and you don't quite understand your own process, like, you still end up giving too much away in that Mm -hmm. first one. And then no one really ever kind of comes Comes back back. because they feel like they've gotten it all, even though we know they haven't. Yeah. So you have then now your signature service and kind of a starter service. Mm -hmm. You want to talk a little bit about pricing for that and kind of maybe like where you started selling it or like, was (laughs) there
1: a, Oh, This is painful because it's interesting. I just had a woman reach out to me recently who had reached out to me years ago when I first started. And I was looking back in her past messages and I'm like, I'm curious what I quoted her then which right. versus what I'm going to quote her now. Yeah. And I looked and I honestly, I want to throw up. I yeah. want to throw up how little I was charging for my time and my service. Mm-hmm. And it was solely because I had so much doubt. Yeah. I had so much doubt. I wasn't sold yet on the value I could bring. Mm-hmm. Cause it wasn't like I had been personal styling for another company for 10 years and then decide to go off my own. Like it was this was a completely different career shift. Yeah. I never did a business before. I've never sold myself before. I had, I didn't have a decade of education behind me and experience. So it was, I felt so vulnerable and I was like, my worst fear was that somebody was going to hire me and not get a benefit and not get the value. And so I felt like, well, if I didn't, ch- if I didn't charge them enough, then that will fix that. Cause then <laughs> right. they'll be like, it's cheap then that's okay. <laughs> Like that was just where my mindset yeah. was and you will not survive <laughs> charging a low price. Do you remember so, what it was? Do you want to? Oh, okay. So I look back on what I quoted her and this was at the very beginning, but it was like four hours, $125. Oh, uh-huh. which
0: should be basically at least your hourly rate. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I didn't know what I was doing. I did not know what I was doing and that's fine. I learned and slowly what I did is I would increase my price and every time I increased it, people were still saying yes. (laughs) Um, but what I found now is that what I charge now and it's, I know it's still not enough. Like I know what I charge is still not enough. And how I know that is that my non-ideal clients mm -hmm. think it's too much. Mm -hmm. And my ideal clients think it's a freaking deal. Oh my gosh. That is what I'm
0: learning. Honestly, I like have chills because I feel like that's true, like across the board, no matter really what you're selling. But the fact that, yeah, like your non-ideal clients
1: think it's too much Mm -hmm. and your ideal clients think it's too cheap. Yep. And I'm like, okay, Amanda, like, and that's just, again, understanding who your ideal client is and when you're not when your non-ideal client comes by and they say no to you, like don't that no means nothing. Yeah. The no means nothing. And at first, I was taking it personally because mm-hmm. I felt like they were saying no to me. Yeah. They're just saying no like their pain or their challenge isn't painful enough for them for them to to find to want a solution for this yeah. or This is the other thing is I, some of my non-ideal clients who've come by me and who've said, no, I don't necessarily know if it's because the pain or the challenge isn't hard enough. I think with some of these women and their mindsets is that they have never invested in themselves before and they don't trust themselves yet to believe that they are worth this investment in themselves. And so it's why I do spend so much time talking about mindset and and beliefs in order to shift that. Because like this woman who was like it was the second time she's reached out to me and she said no. Um and the like in when I was reading her style assessment that she fills out before we hop on the call, I knew right away like she was so nervous because she puts everybody else first. And so that was like the first thing we talked about. I'm like, you know, what, why are you nervous? Like, what is coming up for you? And like, why, why don't you put yourself first? Like I was asking her some, I'm a coach. That's why I call myself a staff yeah, coach. Yeah. Cause I was asking, like really getting like, that's, that's really the deep seated thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, like, you know, she, she eventually said no because of price. Mm -hmm. And then I quoted, I I had a discovery call this morning and the woman I talked to, she's like, holy crap, that's a good deal. She's like, I was expecting thousands. And I'm like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, that's
0: so fun that you say that because I feel like every one of my ideal clients that I work with in my signature, signature service, it's basically at every price point and I have raised it significantly. They have always been like, this is exactly what I'm looking for this is great. This is a great deal. Mm -hmm. And everybody who's not, it has been a, and I think that when they say it's the price, it's not about the price, right? Like it's something else going on there, but yeah, that's like a big thing that, and I think you as a stylist have to again, not take it personally and know Mm -hmm. and be confident in your own worth and value. And so it definitely sounds like
1: you have worked on that over the years. It is. And I still have far to go because I still feel like even when I charge the amount that I do, I still feel like I always have to overdeliver, deliver. And I feel like sometimes I have to justify even that price where I know I don't, like I, I know it, yeah. but I don't, I don't feel it yet. Yeah. And it, it's just because it's like having an impact and changing lives. It's like, that's my why. Like I'm sorry. Like I'm going in my fourth year of business and I am not making good money. Like I am, I mean, obviously I need to make money to grow my business and survive and all of that, but it's not my why. Like, right. And right. so it's just trying to balance those, those two things. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's
0: talk a little bit, um, kind of briefly our last little two questions, um, about your journey as a stylist. And we've talked a bit a little bit about mindset of the doubt and kind of knowing your worth and knowing your value is there anything else that you've really had to kind of work through in terms of limiting beliefs or still working through as you are like in a business, you are an entrepreneur. Like that's a whole separate thing. I even think in being a stylist for a company, right? Because you are now the sole person responsible for everything. So what are some of the major things? Because mindset's a huge pillar in what mm-hmm. I teach. We spend a lot of time on foundational mindset because it's like the most important thing
1: <laughs> for your business, I think. Yeah. I mean, the biggest one was just believing my value mm-hmm. really, really deeply believing it. And it, it came with time as I got yeah. to hear the stories, got to see the transformations, those long-term. And sometimes that doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it does take years for those to be really coming through and hitting you and sometimes you don't know the you know the long term impact that you can have until it's a year later and your past client reaches out to you and like Amanda like look what you've done for me like the benefits of what you've helped me with is still impacting my life. And so like when I was first beginning I didn't have those stories and and it was crazy because I never felt like I needed outside feedback in order to feel value ever in my life. And it was the first time I felt so vulnerable that I was relying on other people telling me how I had an impact on them was, was determining my own value and worth. And that was, that was a mind F. I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. You can, cause it's just on Spotify. It's not on my okay. yet. And when it does, a lot. It, <laughs> it was a mind fuck. Because yeah. I was like, why have I what, like I always had a fairly strong self esteem and self worth mm-hmm. and confidence, and it just it crumbled. Um, for it was many reasons, and it was just really not understanding my worth. The other thing is, the second thing is, is that I see the world differently, and my approach to styling is different. And every and I, I mean, obviously, I see tons of personal stylists that all go against the grain or different as well but not the majority. Yeah. And so when yeah. I was first researching, obviously when you don't know about something, you you research, right? And you're mm-hmm. seeing what other stylists are doing, what YouTubers are doing, and what all these other people are doing in order to kind of learn and gather information. And from what I was seeing, I'm like, I don't fit that mold. I don't want to talk about what they're talking about. I don't want to market how they're marketing. And mm-hmm. so I thought because I was different, that I was doing it wrong Mm -hmm. and that I wasn't going to be a good stylist. And so it was finding that deep trust and understanding that I have my own way of seeing the world and doing things and trusting that that is the right way for me. And I will be able to attract the right clients to me. Yeah. And I mean, it's very clear when people reach out to me, they're like, I'm hiring you for this reason. Like, it's very clear as to why they picked me over somebody else. And it doesn't mean I am better than that other person. It's just who we are, our brands and how we view the world and our own approaches are very unique. And you'll be able to find that right person, right? Like I will be able to find that right person. And that, you know, that has come through years of like experience and, and just, trying to ignore the fear, the thoughts in my head telling me, Amanda, you don't look right, your style isn't as good as somebody else's. You know, you actually highly disagree with a lot of the messages that are put out by personal stylists. (laughs) And I'm almost like sometimes I feel like I'm like the (laughs) anti-stylist. I love it. Um and and that and that's okay. And having the courage to speak that. Yeah. I love that.
0: Um, for our last question, what would you say? This is a little bit different than in my notes, but it came up when you were talking. If to that stylist who kind of is in that like first year or two, where they don't maybe they're still kind of figuring it out. They don't have the some experience. Maybe they don't have the stories, or maybe they've worked with a few people. But it's like they've planted the seed, but they're not seeing necessarily a lot of flowers or a lot mm-hmm. of fruit yet. What would you say to them if they're just like I don't know what because. You know, people have their right aligned paths, whether they keep going or not, but if they want to keep going and that feels aligned for them,
1: like, what would you say to kind of help them through that time? I would say, well, my, always my solution is always looking for more help Mm -hmm. for more knowledge. That is always my, you know, again, I don't wait. I still take action. I still keep going but I'm always looking at like, what course can I take? What coach can I work with? I'm lacking this skill. I'm going to go find it so I can have it. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that, I mean, I just, I come from an academic you know, background. So like, that's part of my norm is like, I don't know this information. So I'm just going to go and get it. Cause I don't want anything to stop me like from reaching my goals. I'm not going to stop myself. I don't want anybody else to stop me. So it was seeking out more help and always being, um, you know, willing to invest in myself. Cause first I was like, how would I expect a client to invest with me if I won't even invest in my own growth? And mm-hmm. the other thing is owning your own business, whether it's full-time or on the side, it is literally, um, personal development on speed. And it's yep. where you're going to be challenged the most personally, because you are going to come across barriers. And most time those barriers are yourself. Other than obviously, you know, I'm a privileged white woman. So my barriers are very different than somebody, you know, in a mar- more, more marginalized um, community or life. Um, they're going to have different barriers, obviously. Um, but generally, it's, it's your own barriers. And so you're going to be working on yourself. You, you, like, don't, you're going to have fears and doubts. Don't listen to your head. Listen to your gut listen to your body because your body is going to tell you like, do I really want this and need this? Your head's just going to be like, you're really vulnerable right now. You're really scared. And I'm going to tell you all of your fears and I'm going to try and convince you to stop and to play small in order to keep you safe. And so stop listening to your head, listen to your body more. Like honestly, practicing mindfulness is like, it's a game changer for anybody, no matter who is listening to this. And so practicing mindfulness would be like number two, like that's how you're going to overcome all of the crap that's going to go on your head to convince you to give up. Um, And don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I see a lot of women, they're scared of getting it wrong or men. I know, I know there's obviously there's men stylists, sorry, but I just, I I only work with women. So I I was just saying women, but men, they're just so scared of putting themselves out there from being judged or getting it wrong. And you know what? You're never going to learn. You're never going to grow by, by holding yourself back.
0: Yeah. So true. I couldn't say it better. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing. I know this is going to be so helpful and impactful. And I love just kind of, of course, always hearing from other people and hearing how your story has gone and what you've. done and changed and worked on yourself, it's always an inspiration to me as well. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, if people want to find you, what's the, or your podcast, what is the best? Yeah, thing? so
1: I have a podcast called The Woman Disrupted Podcast. It has nothing to do with style. <laughs> That's like just, it's my soul on display because I'm I'm an Enneagram 8. I'm the challenger. I like to disrupt the status quo. I like to challenge things. I like to ask questions. And I don't like rules. So this is my way of, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's that creative part of me that just needs to be. <laughs> and so my podcast is the women Disruptive podcast. And then, um, for, um, Instagram, um, I'm simply stylish.ca on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. We will, or I know I'll chat with you soon. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. No
1: problem. Thanks, Sydney. <laughs>